Our focus is to make it easier for you. In fact, this portal was developed with you, the diaspora in mind, because we want it like a single place that you can go to and look for property. If you want to buy, you want to invest. And then when you find something you're interested in, you put the details in, send the email, go straight to the team, and then you'll be contacted and given the details of that property. Welcome back to Concrete Pastures. I'm Nancy Mulewasisi. Today we are back with our favorite guest. This is second part with a representative for Zambia National Building Society. Cynthia Mwila is here. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Guys, I know you are here to you know bridge the gap for us with the banking and mortgage. You bring the mortgage to our doorstep around to all of us around the world as Zambians. Um, the last time we spoke, you guys were here for oh my god, so much events. Unga in New York, and uh, how was the tour? The tour was fantastic. I mean, we were we were in the states for ten days, and we were hopping on planes as if they were cabs, like literally. Um, we we made a commitment to say we will reach as many Zambians as we can. And so we went from, when we were with you in New York, uh, we spent, I think, two nights in New York. Our next stop was DC, two nights in DC. Nice. Then we went to Chicago. And then we split because there were four of us. Yeah. So from Chicago, two went to Dallas. I went to Sacramento. Uh, so we did another two nights and then we ended our tour in Atlanta. So it was like a whirlwind. That's amazing. So uh, I, I, I can say actually, like maybe you've actually been to more states than uh, some of us that have been here. <laughs> time. Yeah, I mean, when we, we're so buried into the work and we don't get to travel as much. I've been to a lot of states in um, in. Uh, here in the states i did a tour it was a drive it was the best thing ever but um i know for a lot of people they don't get to travel but um which which, which state was good for you which one did you like better they, they all they were so unique they were all great i loved new york because new york reminded me of london i loved dc it was different chicago was like really cosmopolitan atlanta was like happening <laughs> so they, they all had their own character and wow. um really it was a great experience and we covered 36,000 kilometers from Lusaka to New York and then all the other um, travel in between. So it was fantastic. We did so many, I don't even know how many time zones we were in and yeah, so it was great. It did shock you that we have different time zones in each state. You know, there was a point when I just stopped looking at my watch and I'm thinking, what's the point? Today I was nine hours behind tomorrow i'm six 
you know, I just went with the moment and yeah, it was really great. Listen, it was a pleasure to have your whole team here in New York. Uh, I definitely was honored to uh, host an event with you guys. And for anybody who is, you know, listening to this or watching this for the first time, we have a part one uh, where you get to know a little bit of Cynthia. Today we are diving into their products, services, and all the needed really that all of you guys have been asking, all the questions. Hopefully she can answer all of the questions that we have as Zambians in the diaspora. So for starters, we ended up, when we were at the event, there were so many questions that we asked and I picked some of those questions as well. For people that are in the UK, I had people reach out as to when are they coming here? Uh, when is the episode coming out? So this is an opportunity for me to, um, you know, ask some of those questions that also that they asked directly to me. For starters, we ended on not talking about the product. So what type of mortgages do you guys provide? Okay, so thanks for that question. So we provide the most comprehensive offering of mortgages here in Zambia. So we have what we call outright purchase, and that's simply where you're just buying a house. It's a complete house. The property does need to be in Zambia. We have construction mortgages. So we are able to finance your construction. So you can have a piece of land and we also finance bare land as well. So with our mortgage, you can buy the land, you can start building. We can see you all the way to completion. We can also work with developers. So we use our construction mortgages to be able to help the developers that we partner with uh, build for you and you are then paying the the bank directly. And then there's also um, equity release that's really popular in Zambia right now where you already have an existing property and you want to take a mortgage against that, release some equity. You don't necessarily have to put it in property, you can put it in a business. And then we have home improvement uh, mortgages as well. You've got a family property that you've been maintaining in Zambia, it needs an uplift. It's an ideal product for that. And of course, if you have any existing loan in Zambia, we can do a balance transfer. So those are some of the mortgages that uh, we do offer. And in Zambia, I don't know if you know this, but um, most people own their property through self-built. And I think statistically it's 90%. Yeah. The reason for that is simple. Uh, it's quite expensive to buy a complete property. And so construction is very important, very popular. You can build incrementally. You can take your time. You can build to your own budget. Yeah. Uh, you really have the land. So it's it's, it's a real game changer in the mortgage space. Unfortunately, not all the mortgage providers will offer that uh, because it's very high risk and very expensive to administer. You've got to monitor those projects. Uh, we were established to provide housing. So we've developed our expertise over the last 53 years. So we have mastered how to offer it in a way that it's affordable and sustainable. So we have our own in-house valuers, uh, the surveyors. They will be able to do the monitoring at relative low cost. So it's one of um, the differentiators, I think, for us being able to finance, whether it's a complete property, partially complete, or you haven't even started. And then the second thing to, to point out is that the mortgages, for you to get a mortgage uh, here, you need a certificate of title. That is the ownership document that you need from the Ministry of Lands. We are also, I believe, the only institution to be able to, to accept an occupancy license. An occupancy license is also some security documentation related to land that is not entitled, but is under the ownership of the council. So that's very 
popular in areas outside of the capital, outside of Lusaka. So those are the two documents types that you really need to have on your property to qualify for a mortgage. I know the issue around traditional land comes up. Got yeah. an answer? Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait to ask the question, but uh, yeah, those are our mortgages. So um, I'll take you back to the developers that you guys use. Do those developers uh, also work in different provinces? Because we have nine provinces and all of us in the diaspora, we come from those. I, I come from Mongo, for instance. Oh, so, Mongo, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great question. So firstly, there are 10 provinces, 11 with the diaspora, but <laughs> who's counting? Yes. So we work with developers from anywhere, really. What What is critical is that we would have, for us to say they are a partner, we would have closely vetted them. So we do have this process and they all go through that. So what we look at are things like who's behind the, the organization, who are the shareholders, what is their experience? Most importantly, how the land that they are looking to develop and offer as a housing development project, what is the ownership of that land? So we actually will uh, vet the certificate of title and check the ownership. Um, I'm raising this because even as we toured, one of the things that kept coming up every single state was how uh, Zambians felt that they had been disadvantaged putting in a polite way yeah. and they had invested in developments and really they had been duped to cut a long story short yeah. and so it really became very critical for them to, to feel this comfort and this safety in terms of where they put their money and rightly so but we have always taken the stance that for so long as we can put our brand to it we will have to stand by that name that brand so we would have better and done our due diligence and before we sign an MOU with them and we come out and say look this is our partner you would be assured that we have gone through that process that said i always say that due diligence it's it minimizes the risk it doesn't remove the risk completely so as an individual even once you have that comfort you need to take that extra step and do your own due diligence there's certain simple things that i talk about when i do presentations or when i post something on social media that helps to really bring that risk as close to zero we know there's nothing risk-free but we can really protect our investments by just a few simple actions that we need to take but coming back to the developers um we work with a number in the past we've worked with some that are offering uh, housing developments in uh the copper belt for example so zmbs we are situated in every province in zambia we have a branch in every province we will lend in any part of zambia as long as that property has the right documentation and it's viable and it's it's got value. You know, it, it's not uncommon in Zambia that financial institutions will come in and say, we'll only finance in Lusaka and Copperville. And you can understand they may not necessarily have the reach to be able to go into the further far afield areas to be able to validate those properties. But we have that muscle. So we have our own in-house valuation team. We also work with our partners in other areas so that we can offer Zambia everywhere and even as we speak today I can tell you we have provided a, a, a mortgage in every province in Zambia and by the way we have land in Mongu <laughs> uh, 
and uh, we have a housing development that we're working on which is still work in progress but it just shows you that we're not central you know we're not focused just on Lusaka and the line of rail yeah. we have land in Nimba we have land in Mansa we have you know we're, we're looking to provide solutions for this housing uh, deficit challenge and also for the diaspora we recognize you have family so you're not all from Lusaka so we are able to offer I think a range and we try to reflect that also with the partners that we work with. So let's say I have land in Mongo and I'm looking to build actually it's the truth I'm looking to build (laughs) so what does the what is the process look like I'm here in the US Uh, you guys had a lot of things that you had mentioned to us here so for instance for like for us US people living in the US, you talked about credit, providing the credit report. So all of us have at different stages. We do have credit. Some don't have credit at all because just never established. And then there are some people who've had credit, but let's say they ended up filing bankruptcy. How is that determined in me applying with you guys for a mortgage to start building at my uh, land? Okay, great question. So I'll answer it in two parts. I'll come back to the credit part. Yeah. But I wanted just to start by saying that even as we, this tour is amazing for various reasons. And I think we got a lot of feedback yeah. and a lot of it was really constructive. And actually we came back and we said, you know what? They made a, you know, there was a valid point here. Maybe this is something that we can look at. So um, we realized that we developed this amazing product. It really is. And today where we stand, we do have clients, a portfolio of diaspora clients that we have lent to. But we are, um, you know, Zambians are everywhere today. So it's not possible to offer a one size fits all. So it's a dynamic process and we are learning. So even as we come back from the States, you know, there's some feedback in terms of how we, some of the things that we ask for, and we are looking at it and we're looking to say, you know, that's a great point. This element in our process where we're saying, give us this, maybe it doesn't work for the US. So I thought I should um, put that on the table because it's continually evolving. Yeah, Um, that's fair. In terms of how it works, I think the starting point, the general starting point is we want to understand the customer, the client. We want to understand your income. Are you employed? Are you self-employed? How do you derive your income? And we realize you live in the US. So we're not asking you unrealistically to say, do you only have income in Zambia? Some of our diaspora clients do. They have additional income streams here. They have rental properties. We can consider rental income, for example. But we realize not everyone does. Some people are looking to invest in property for the very first time and they have one primary line of income. So we want to appreciate what your circumstances are, what your disposable income, what your obligations are. So we will start by asking you um, your earnings, share with us your payslip, we want to appreciate your financial obligations in the US and then we take it from there and we're able to calculate affordability. So I've mentioned, since you mentioned credit reports, yes, we do ask for them. In Zambia, we will do a search. Some of our customers have a history in Zambia. So we do have a credit reference bureau. It's standard. If you don't have a record of any sort here, it's not an issue. Okay. We're just checking. It doesn't uh, disadvantage you in any way. Then we 
will come, we, we're not able to automatically pull that record. There's cross-border issues. So we will ask you to give us the latest credit report. So as I understand it in the US, you've got three credit bureaus or thereabouts, yeah. possibly. So we'll ask you for any of the three, give us the latest. Our interest is slightly different to the way it works in other markets. We are not benchmarking you to say, Nancy, she's she's good credit, we can lend to her, but she can only go to this extent. Um, we're not categorizing you. What we're looking for is if you're a customer who has had a track record of borrowing, um, we want to appreciate whether you have honored your commitments. Have you got obligations that are non-performing that you've not honored? Uh, because that speaks then to the credit standing of the customer and the credit worthiness. But our measure of credit worthiness is not to say, you know, for example, in developed markets, if you haven't borrowed, you, you, it's, the assumption is you may not be good credit. But in Zambia, it doesn't work that way. You just may not have had the need to borrow. So what we want to just appreciate is if you have loans, are you meeting your monthly obligations or your obligations? And that is it. And if we're satisfied with that, I think for us, that's, that closes that part. But the rest of the process requires for us to understand who you are, what your earnings are, what they look like, and affordability and also your employment status. So if you're working, are you full-time, are you part-time, are you a casual worker, um, are you a consultant? There are different ways that we look at that income. So we will look at the, your bank statements as well. Typically, we'll ask for six-month bank statements. We're able to lend to self-employed clients. We just ask for different information. We have clients that have multiple income streams. Some sit on boards and they get they get paid through their boards. Some have rental properties in Zambia. So we can take all those variables into consideration. We can basically look at any income that is verifiable. By verifiable, we want to see it going through the bank account. We need to evidence that because that then is the track record to show us that indeed these, these are your earnings. And then from there, we're able to do an assessment. The assessment will also depend on the property that you're buying or building, the lands that you want to uh, build on, for example. We'll have to do a valuation so that we can appreciate that what you're asking to borrow is aligned in terms of the value of that property. If it's a construction site, we will look at your schedule of works, I believe you call it in the US, or bill of quantities, yeah. to see what would the value be once that property is completed. So it is a process, and I won't go into all of it now, but yeah. those are the key elements. But when you engage us or we engage with you, we will walk you through that process so that you're absolutely clear as to what you need to provide in terms of documentation and what are the next steps. And one thing I want to add, Nancy, is that um, we won't ask you to send your original documentation in initially. We'll ask you to scan uh, them to us mm -hmm. so that we can do the credit assessment and we can give you a conditional offer. So we don't want to put you to great lengths and inconvenience and maybe what we're able to offer you is not what you're looking for. So there are certain, especially for mortgages, it's there's a law that requires a certain documentation. We do need the original once. So at some point, we will need you to sign, for example, the mortgage deed. We can email it to you, but you'll need to 
sign it and query it back simply because we are required by law that certain documentation we need the original and we need certain documentation notarized as well yes i'm a notary before so you can reach out and i'll notarize it for you fantastic (laughs) yes i am a notary um so when it comes to <laughs> credit, even though you guys are asking for the U.S. science, it, does that apply to everybody else? Because we have um, listenership all the way from Australia, all over the world. What is the category for everybody else? Is it just for credit for U.S. clients? And um, another question on, on that is some people haven't established their credit. In order for you to establish your credit, you have to have a social security number. And for some people, they don't have that. If they don't have established credits, do you guys lend to them? Because there's nothing they can pull from uh, TransUnion or experience them to give you. Okay, great. So firstly, our requirements are applicable across board, regardless of where you are. Okay. Um, so we do have the same requirement. What we are aware of is that in certain countries, certain things that are not available, there might be alternatives. So we do approach it understanding that the US is very different to the UK, which is very different to Australia and New Zealand. So um, we do use some discretion in that regard um, and we're able to sort of validate and see if we're, for example, asking for employment verification, there are different ways that we can do that. So we will ask you for our standard requirements, but if for whatever reason that is not possible, we will then explore with you to see how else we can get that information or the comfort that we're looking for from that process. And then coming to your credit, if you don't have credit record of any sort, it's not going to disadvantage you. We will assume you don't have a loan and it, it sort of ends there. What we're looking at, and that's why I started saying the requirements, our requirements are very different. There is an assumption if you're in the US or the UK that if you don't have a credit record, there is something wrong with you. You're a bad credit, you're a bad payer. But here we're just saying, look, if you don't have a track record, it's not necessarily that you're a bad payer. Yeah. What we want to appreciate is that if you do, are you a good credit worthy person? So I'd really encourage my fellow Zambians out there because sometimes there's that misconception to say, if I'm able to borrow from Zambia, they they will not be as uh, stringent. Yes, we have different requirements, but we're still a financial institution. So I always say to you, um, really just bear in mind, just keep a good, healthy credit track record, whether you're borrowing or non-borrowing. It's really important. Nice. So what are the interest rates are we talking about? I know you mentioned this, so let's just remind everybody what the interest rate is like on your mortgages. Okay. So I always call that the elephant in the room because everybody's like, oh, Zambia, it's so expensive. So I'm going to answer that question. I'm not going to dodge it. I'm going to answer it. But I like to put context to my answer, right? So, and you'll see it. I'm so consistent because every time I, I present, I always talk about it. The markets that we are in are very, are fundamentally very different, right? So if you look at the Zambian market at the moment, our base rate or Federal Reserve Rate equivalent, we call it MPR, the Monetary Policy Rate, is 10%. It was reviewed at the last quarter, I believe in August. Your Federal Reserve Rate is around 5.4%, if I'm not mistaken. I did my homework. (laughs) So it's around 5.4%. And your average mortgage interest rate is around 
7%. In Zambia, our average rate in the market is somewhere around 22 to 25%. And that has come down over a period of time. As ZNBS, our core mandate is to offer affordable housing finance for Zambians. And so we do everything in our capacity to make sure that we're able to offer competitive rates, but it still has to be sustainable. So in Zambia, I need to say that there are no fixed rates in the market for mortgages at the moment. So all the rates you'll be getting are standard variable. They can go up, they can go down. Uh, so when this uh, MPR increases or reduces, you will see that movement. So our rate is 16% standard variable. That's from 16%. For construction mortgages, it's 18% because construction mortgages are much higher risk. And I did mention they're much more expensive because there's an element of monitoring uh, that has to go into it. But you will find that in Zambia, we are the lowest. And even when the rate increased uh, last quarter, our rate remained the same. Not to say that we can't increase it, um, but we do not price according to the equivalent of the Federal Reserve rate. So we don't move every time it moves. So you, what you will see from us is less volatility and change unless the market really fundamentally changes. So that's where we are. But remember, this also is applicable. If you get your rate and you get your mortgage, when the changes come, they tend to come for customers who are coming to us for the first time or refinancing. They will refinance at the, the higher rate. So we tend not to reprice the entire uh, portfolio unless there is a fundamental market shift. And what you will see in that case is that we will engage you and say, do you want to increase your repayments or can we extend the tenor of your mortgage? That's usually the preferred option because the customer then does not experience any financial pressure from an increased rate. But I have to say it really does... But you still pay more, you still pay interest, you still pay. Absolutely. I mean, the market is not static. Um, but I will say that our last movements in rate have been downwards. I think the last two, because for us, the push is always about affordability. But it's important that I state it's a standard variable rate. But the point I was going to make is don't compare the US market to the Zambian market. It's completely different. I always say it's comparing apples with pears. You're comparing New York with Chicago. It's completely different. The, the fundamentals are different. And equally, the rates of returns are different. If you look at Zambia as a developing market, in the property market, you'll find that property continues to appreciate. And particularly, why? Because we're seeing a lot of development, a lot of road infrastructure coming in, a lot of investments, a lot of shopping malls. I don't know, Nancy, you were here a year ago, you said. No, I'm sure I was you were May. There's a lot of money. When I came back from the States like a month ago, I, I, I found like two new shopping malls. No. That is the rate at which things happen in a developing, thriving market. Wow. So nice. you also see that there's a correlation because when that happens, property prices start to appreciate. So there is an upside to it if you're a property investor. So for me, a better way, I'm not saying interest rates are not important. I'm saying they're are a factor, but they're not the only factor. You need yeah. to consult, yes. Um, could you share with us if there's a cap in how far it can go? Because even though you get a, an adjustable rate here, what we call it, there's, yeah. a, there's always a cap as to how, how much it can go up. Do you have a cap? No, there's, there's no cap in Zambia. But Nancy, you're looking for a safety net without appreciating 
the opportunity. And what I wanted to say was that you you should also consider, in as much as we look and the interest rates are important, they're just one measure. What about your return on investment? That is an important measure. Mm-hmm. You are earning in a hard currency, so it puts you ahead. And even if there is this volatility, for example, in the currency, you're always going to be ahead. And over a period of time, you find that, especially if you're regularly sending money, you find that you navigate some of these these periods of volatility. But what I was trying to say when I say comparing apples with pears, when you're looking at 7% versus 16% or 20, look at the rate of return. Look at the value that you get for your dollar. So if, for example, you have a thousand dollars a month disposable income. Yes. And I saw those prices in New York. (laughs) If you were going to get a property and, for example, the way I do it is uh, I'd look and say a thousand dollars a month in Zambia is roughly with a rate now, let's make it easy, 22,000. Then what type of mortgage, what amount of mortgage would that get you? Depending, maybe you're looking at 1.4, 1.5 million kwacha. That is property in a middle income area, three bedroom house. Now, if you convert that back to dollars, is it going to get you a one bedroom flat? So that's what I mean when I'm talking about compare the value for your money. It's the same $1,000, whether you're in New York or you're in Zambia, but where does it take you? So it really depends on your personal objectives um, for investing. Is it your retirement home? Is it family? Are you connected to Zambia? We all have some sort of connection. Are you an investor? Because there are opportunities in our market. A lot of uh, foreigners want to invest in Zambia, but the laws in terms of land ownership limit their investment in Zambia. So I'm just saying for you to think about it holistically. If you get stuck on the rates, you'll never make that decision and you might miss out on so much opportunity. No, a thousand percent. Talking about sending money. So a lot of us that live in the U.S. do with the IRS. Any money that's leaving the U.S. Uh, up to a certain amount is it's monitored and do you guys have a branch or are you thinking of having some type of branch for us clients i know you, you're going to be catering you're catering to the whole world for all of us in uh, in the diaspora but for us clients are you thinking of having a branch here or even an office or representative whatever you thinking of just to avoid these transactions this way your clients are not you know questioned or monitored depending on the type mortgage they have. Okay, so very interesting question. I think the issue around the tax elements came up a bit and it's something that we need to explore. Obviously being a financial institution, government owned, whatever we do has to be the right thing. We don't have plans to have uh, an office in the US per se or a branch, but we're looking and and really thinking outside the box as to how we can partner perhaps with organizations who can then become our strategic partners. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's how I can put it. It's something that is in the very early stages. So we really are trying, we're at the point where we're trying to see how that looks. And the whole point is we want to create a vehicle that makes it much more convenient for Zambians. Um, maybe some of the, the validation of the documents, maybe the reference points, some of that could be done with, through our partners. So I don't know, I'll be very honest to say that it's an idea. And thank you so much, US. You planted the seed. We're looking at it. We're 
watering it. We're trying to see how it can actually be implemented. So watch this space. We'll come back to you. I don't have an exact exact answer, but what I will say is we're exploring. Got it. Last time I did ask you about traditional land. Um, a lot of people have had horrible experiences when it comes to traditional land. They buy land and they find out it was sold to somebody else. And everybody has their own story. And it's ultimately not a good story. So what have you done around traditional land? Because you did mention uh, in the first episode that you sometimes do acquire traditional land. How have you worked that around as to, I guess, I don't want to use guarantee because you said nothing is guaranteed for people to feel a little... Uh, For people to feel a little bit, uh, I guess, safe or, you know, secure that they they own the land because it comes up to be the, on the cheaper side when it's traditional land? Absolutely. So it's a very interesting one again. I'll talk about in-country in Zambia. We do have a product that we offer that is used to finance traditional land. So it's, it's an option. We call it the building materials loan. It's not a mortgage. It's priced very differently. It's like a personal loan, but specifically enhanced so that it, it incentivizes um, home ownership. And that's because we realized this this whole issue around title in Zambia, and we're still seeing probably only 20% of land on title. But the government is going through this uh, land titling exercise. So we expect that over a period of time, some of those issues will be ironed out. But for now, we realize that people do have traditional land. And like you said, traditional land has its advantages. Um, you get huge, um, vast amounts of land mm-hmm. at a relatively lower cost. So uh, there is a place for that. For the diaspora, we do not offer the building materials loan. We don't have a solution to finance traditional land. And while we're also saying, you're right, it is less secure. In terms of home ownership rights, it, it absolutely is. Land ownership, rather. So you're dependent on goodwill to some extent. Yeah. Um, some agreement that is not per se legally documented. I didn't want to say legally binding because there is an offer as long as there's an exchange of money, there is an expectation. But in terms of securitization, it's not assured. So we, we there's no recourse. We can't go to the Ministry of Lands to validate the ownership. Yes. And they're saying for you in the diaspora, it's, it's hard enough when you're on the ground. But for you, you're thousands of miles away yeah. or kilometers away. How then do you ensure that your land is secure? So it's, it's not a space that at the moment we are able to finance for the diaspora. Okay. I'm not saying it's one we won't come up with a solution, but as of now, we're focused on property that is untitled. Our role is to be a financier. So sometimes we play a role of facilitating simply because we want to make sure as many Zambians as possible get on the property ladder. So sometimes that requires us to buy land and sell it at a lower price. And we're going to do that. And we're already in that process. So we're trying to cure some of the barriers into ownership, home ownership and land ownership. So we, at the moment, we the best probably is that we work with certain partners in the legal fraternity, for example, mm-hmm. that can help our customers to facilitate. And if there is an opportunity to convert to a title, then they can do that and work with a partner that is focused on that. So traditional land, fantastic, amazing. If you have it, you're lucky. 
but it is also less secure because you do not have that certificate of title. So it's something that you need to weigh up in terms of advantages, disadvantages. We have a lot of clients who have it, never had any issues. We've also met quite a number who have had some challenges. So it's really uh, a mixed experience. No, I mean, I'll give someone what my best friend told me back home. They stay away. But I mean... That I just said. <laughs> yes. He, he yeah. told me that gets land that has titles, state land. Um, talking about land, you did mention that you guys are acquiring massive acres of land. Is that already? Did you guys acquire it uh, so yeah. people can take advantage? All right. So very interesting. And like I said, our core mandate, we're offering financing. So we're not trying to suddenly become a developer, but everything that we do is to enable uh, that process. So one of the things we realized is that the barrier, one of the major barriers is the cost land it's it's probably somewhere estimated around 30 to 40 percent of the total cost of a house for example so we said if we can come in and offer affordable land that will mean that many more zambians can build they can come to us and get a mortgage and build because they would have saved on that cost so it will not be at market level so we've basically been working with the councils around the country and we've been very fortunate they've given us land we so far have um, over 200 hectares. Uh, We're still looking at opportunities. And what's fantastic, this land is not just in one place. It's not in Lusaka. We've got Chilanga. We've got Mongu. We've got about 26.5 hectares in Mongu. Our land in uh, Chilanga is of similar size. We're going to have about 135 plots there. We've got land in Nimba. We have Mansa. We have Chikankata. We have, you know, we're, we're on this journey. Yeah. Uh, but we don't want to lose sight of the fact that our core mandate is to finance. But what we also have done is we've gone a step further. This land, what we're looking to do is offer serviced land. So we would have worked with our strategic partners. We would have done the road infrastructure, bulk services, so the water, the sewer, the electricity. So you guys, when you were here, you did uh, mention that you are acquiring land and um, a lot of us, a lot of uh, people in the diaspora are looking, you know, to acquire land. Uh, what does that look like on your end? Okay, thanks for that. So we have acquired over 200 hectares of land across the country. So we've got land in Mansa, uh, Mongu, Chilanga, Nimba, um, just to mention a few. And the whole essence, why we did that is we realized one of the major barriers to home ownership is really attributed to the cost of land. Um, it's actually estimated to be somewhere around 30% of the total cost. So we thought if we can come in and reduce that cost, it means more Zambians can afford to build. Um, and also the other costs that are quite high are the bulk services. So water, sewer, electricity. Mm. Uh, so we came in and we worked with our partners. They're all also part of um, their public institutions like Zesco, Yusaka Water, or whichever water and sewerage company in that particular area. So we have been able to acquire this land from the councils at very little or no cost and really um, service this land. So we've been able to provide these bulk services um, and including road infrastructure 
infrastructure. And then we're, we're coming in to say, look, we can offer you a serviced plot. You're not going to worry about uh, drilling a borehole or yeah. getting an electricity port. Everything is there. And you're basically part of a community with some amenities in, in those developments. And yeah, so we, we wanted to provide a solution. And so we, we're, for example, I'll, I'll talk about the land. Uh, we've got a project in Chilanga. It's in Balmoral, Chilanga. Um, it's called Kwatu Hill. So it's basically one that we came in, we've been working on for some time. Hopefully um, it will hit the market in December, possibly January. And uh, we haven't defined the cost yet, but the ultimate goal is that it's below market price, simply because it's around affordability. And of course, we want to prioritize those customers that are able to get financing with us, at least incentivize them through the pricing. And also all our projects, you know, they've got a huge eco you know, friendly environment element to them. Um, don't ask me, I'm not the tech <laughs> technical person, but um, there's a whole lot of things going. We've got a lot of consultation from abroad. And so we're able to deliver to market well-planned, essentially community. And what it does also for that local community, because most of this land was underdeveloped, it brings development to that particular area. Uh, it creates jobs. Our estimation is that for a local house, you're looking at least five temple jobs. So for example, in Chilanga, we're looking to offer 135 plots. So that is opportunity for the community. It also attracts investment into that local community. Um, so it's a win-win for everyone. Uh, we get our mortgages, um, you know, our customers can start to build in their own time, it's affordable. And also for the council who've given us this land, they start to see the investment back into the community. So yeah, so watch this space we'll be telling you about our projects when it's ready to hit the market nice do you have any projections of how much it's going to cost like let's say 30 by 30 or so at the moment uh no it's not public information soon we'll be able to to communicate and you know if you're one of the customers in our date space you will be one of the first people that will be able to get that information so this this land is it's got um, areas that are, you know, higher value for people who can afford. People in the diaspora, you want something scenic, a little bit more um, at a higher advantage in terms of there's a hill. It's beautiful. And then there are other people who the cost of trying to build, you know, on a hill, it might be a lot more, a lot harder. What they're looking for is something convenient, conducive, much more affordable. So in this uh, development, we will have something for everyone. We also will have commercial plots so that we can attract investment and shops and create a whole community. So this is one of the questions um, that was asked to me. Uh, a lot of us, when we're in the diaspora, we start to have families and some of those children that we have, they are grown now and they are looking to also invest to what they call home for their parents. So let's say like my kid, they're Zambian and American. Uh, I guess Zambian by birth from me, do those qualify as well? Okay, so this is an interesting one. So in terms of land ownership rights, I think it's defined also by law. You need to be Zambian or resident in Zambia. So it's quite prescriptive. That said, I think we've had some developments recently. Dual nationality, for example, yes. that wasn't really in scope so much. So as long as you have something documented, uh, we, I was in a discussion today when we were talking about you know NRCs and I'm saying, but not everyone has one. Yes. But if you have Zambian passports, 
So if you have dual nationality, you can obviously apply for children. I understand it's quite different as well. Your parents are, you know, if you're Zambian descent. But I think there's a process that you need to go through. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing is also just getting a legal opinion because that's now sort of linked a little bit to immigration status here. And we are hoping to come up with some webinars because again, we picked from the diaspora from our tour that this is some of the information you need. But essentially, I just wanted to encourage people that if you are a Zambian, you may not think you ever want to move back right now, but there are just so many unforeseen circumstances. You might inherit a property, for example. I know inheritance law applies a little bit differently. By the way, you can still inherit, but if you want to own, just to make it easier, you you have every right, your Zambian descent, apply, apply for dual nationality. Um, when I was in, I can't, can't remember which state, there was such huge disbelief, it's so impossible. No, it's not. I'm a product. I grew up in the UK, I was born in the UK. I have dual nationality and it was not complicated. Yes, when it first came out, there was a lot of uncertainty and people were not quite sure because it was enshrined in law before yeah. it was backed up by a process. But where we are now, I think that things have evolved. So the next time you come to Zambia, make sure that you, you do this for your children. Yeah. They may not think that they need it now, but you just never know. I didn't envisage that I was willingly going to come back to Zambia. And yeah. really, I have no regrets. So it's really important that we connect with our heritage. You have rights. Make sure you exercise those. I found, I met Zambians, adults who had lived in Zambia at some point, uh, got their green card, became US citizens, but never really took the step to say, okay, the law has changed. The will has changed. If you hear um, the government speaking, there's so many enabling policies and the sentiments for the diaspora. I mean, I was at the Zambia Diaspora Conference in Livingston. The president came. If there ever was a bigger endorsement than that, I mean, that just shows you where the will is to say you have a role to play in the development of your country. We're not saying you have to come back and live, but you can invest in Zambia. You can play a role in Zambia. For sure. So, <laughs> Definitely great advice. Is there anything that you guys, what are the other services that you guys provide aside from you know all of these amazing mortgages so thank you for that nancy um our core offering um as we said we were established to offer housing finance but we realized that in so doing customers have needs and we should be able to also provide holistic solutions um so i'll talk specifically for the diaspora because we have a range of products um but for the diaspora we actually developed a product called the flexi fixed deposit and that is a product that I think has uh, generated a lot of interest. It's it's a good hybrid between a savings and an investment product. Um, and right now, I believe in the US, you might, if you're looking at investing your dollars, you might be looking at returns of around three to four percent. Yeah. You know where LIBOR is and and the rate. But in Zambia, it's a great investment time at the moment, and we're seeing a lot of interest. For example, in the bond market, we're actually seeing a lot of foreign investors coming into the bond market to invest. And at, uh, I think it was in the last quarter where the regulator actually put a cap on the amount of foreign investments. That is how attractive it is. So there's a lot of people piling into government bonds. The 
returns are fantastic and the bond has a place in your portfolio but it's not necessarily for everyone and also you might want to have a diversified portfolio so you yeah. might want to have government bonds but you also want to have funds that are more accessible so this flexi uh, fixed deposit was designed to be a bridge between your standard savings account which offers you yeah some return but not so attractive and the markets where we see it the treasury bills the government bonds so we created a product that sort of mirrors some of that performance so of course the returns will not be the same because you're not investing in the primary market but when the treasury bills and the bond rates the yields go up your returns on this product we can also give you a rate you know that is enhanced because of the uplift in that market so right now you're looking at rates with double digits somewhere in the region of depending on how much you're able to invest um the minimum investment is around a thousand dollars equivalent which is literally nothing for you in the diaspora um it's around a thousand dollars you can choose whether you want to invest with 12 months okay uh, i'm going to ask the terms or so it's basically between one and three years you choose right and that's really different because typically your fixed deposit will be a maximum of one year your treasury bill will typically be about one year there are some fixed deposit that go into two years and also you can choose how you receive your interest when the frequency do you want it quarterly half yearly or on maturity um and that really helps you plan because actually i was saying to some of the clients i met you can use that as an investment where that um interest goes to your family if you do a sizable investment you can say i want my interest quarterly and every quarter you send x amount to your family it's already in zambia so at the moment we're seeing rates of around 16% which is really good really and, and what was really interesting is that from our tour we've had quite a number of inquiries in this product uh, we've had quite a few that have moved to account opening stage and customers are just filling in the forms and getting back to us so it's something to consider um the other thing is our products are local currency denominated so at the moment we're not offering us um dollar products but that is a work in progress uh we're actually working on it and we're looking to launch this maybe by the first quarter of next year possibly so it's already reached an advanced stage so you should be able to remit your usd to us if that's what you want to do um yeah so we have a holistic offering and i would just say take the time to just um reach out to us really oh amazing um 16% that's amazing <laughs> this oh, is one thing that's the you yeah. allow me i forgot to mention this no. product is interesting because if you get a mortgage and you put a deposit with us you can actually play off the interest rate so you can actually reduce the interest rate on your mortgage from by taking less interest in your deposit so it allows you to you know to to play on both sides all right no that's that, that's amazing last question for you what are the terms of your mortgages okay so when when you say terms like how long uh, do, do do we have oh, okay 15 10 5 okay great 
So for the diaspora, we offer up to 15 years, which is pretty good. In Zambia, we have longer, um, we go up to 30 years. But we, when we were looking at this product, we did a lot of research and we noted you're in the diaspora, you like to pay off a lot earlier. And also because you're, you're earning in hard currency, we actually see that actually you do pay off earlier. Yeah. Um, so most people were looking at or interested in a product that would give them around five to 10 years. But we said, look, let's give a bit of flexibility so you can borrow up to 15 years. And we don't limit how much you can borrow. It's simply based on affordability and also the value of property or land that you're going to use as the collateral, the security. And that property or land is not that you have to go and look for additional security. Whatever property you're buying or whatever you want to, the land that you're building on is what becomes the security, if that makes sense. I know I said that was the last question. As you're talking, so many questions are coming already. Um, (laughs) I I don't think people will forgive me if I don't ask this. Uh, Do you guys have anything in your pipeline currently that people can buy, let's say, property, land, uh, or anything? Okay, so a great question to end our discussion with. Um, Like I said, Chilanga is coming off the shelf any day. Uh, literally, we on our website www.znbs.co.zm we have a property listing portal. If you go into the website under property and estates, um, you will be able to find a particular area where we do list properties. Some of them are properties owned by us, very few, um, but most of them are through our partners, whether it's developers or our real estate experts, and we, we list some of their properties. We're not in the space of trying to become estate agents. Our focus is to make it easier for you. In fact, this portal was developed with you, the diaspora in mind, because we wanted like a single place that you can go to and look for property to buy. You want to invest. And then when you find something you're interested in, you put the details in, send the email, go straight to the team, and then you'll be contacted and given the details of that property. So um, yeah, we do have some property. We work with a number of developers. We are also in the process of looking at a couple of new developers to add to that. And of course, we work with um, other real estate uh, practitioners. They have a full 360 view of the market, not just on a single development. And so we have something for everyone. So if you're interested, just do get in touch with us and we will be able to connect you so that you can find that property and we can finance it. Cynthia, you've been amazing. Um, Again, this is our second part to what ZNBS is trying to do for us in the diaspora. If you are ever dreaming of having property in Zambia, it's now possible for you to do so with the help of ZNBS. And Cynthia has been super informative. For anybody who missed their tour, this is the episodes. These are the two episodes for you. Share with your family and friends. There's definitely so much we can um, take advantage of with ZNBS. Any last words? Uh, anything we might have missed that you would like to add? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that, look, we are, we really wanted to reach as many more Zambians. I think in the time that we had, we did what we could, um, but we'll be back. But the conversations don't have to stop. They don't. And we actually have had quite a number of um, leads actually since we've been back. And we're happy to, to actually present to groups 
of people. If you have some friends and you want us to do a private presentation, we can do that. If you are part of a wider community and you can organize a number of Zambians, we can do a virtual meeting with you. We're more than happy to do that and just pass on the information. Yeah, we'll have all the contacts in the show notes uh, if you have any questions. Uh, guys, we have our social media. You can reach out directly. My email is in there and you can reach out directly to Cynthia as well with her team. We'll have all the contacts in the show notes. Just click away and you can reach out to them, uh, including myself as always. Thank you, Cynthia. This has been such an Thanks honor. for having me. Yes, thank you so much. That's it on today's episode. It's truly an honor to serve each and every dreamer. Corporate Fashions now provides targeted services to dreamers coming to the US of A. We assist you to successfully integrate. We are here to support you as you write your new chapter. Kindly check out our services in the link tree. Until next time, keep dreaming.